welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Crazy Eyes Trevor Scott. Oh my god, I have really crazy eyes. And a crazy voice because I'm still sick. Yeah, that's okay. We'll push through. No, my voice is better than that, but it's still not great. (laughs) (laughs) The things we do for our adoring video game public. Uh, Yeah, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to jump back onto what3words.com. And this is a site that has sliced the planet into three meter squared segments. Assigned three words to each of them. And we are going to click around randomly and uh, get these three words and turn them into a game design. And we'll just have a little bit of fun with it, as usual. Uh, so, Trev, you want to start us off? What three words do you have? Enforce. Clients. Recommend. Enforce. Clients. Recommend. Okay. Is that, I just, I'm amused by the idea of enforcing a recommendation. <laughs> it's like... You re- you recommend to your clients a particular you know? I mean, I, I I sort of I sort of saw this as you're an enforcer that mm-hmm. comes highly recommended to clients. So it's it's effectively like one of these things of during the year while you're waiting for packs to come around again, you're off doing other oh, enforcing a PAX thing. enforcer. You're doing other enforcing things. That's like. You're almost like a mercenary, and then you come back to PAX, and you're just dealing with normal sort of things. That That's what came into my head. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking PAX. Uh, okay. I do like the idea of... of uh, so, I'm going to take Enforcer away from PAX and more to just a general, like, muscle, you know, hired muscle, yep. essentially. Because I do like the idea of essentially going on these hired muscle jobs, but you need to do it in a way that you will ensure recommendations hmm. that your client recommends you. I can almost see this as a reverse hitman, that you're always looking for that guy that's sort of just, you know, seems a little bit off. So, you, you maybe tail him for a while and you see him take well, someone else out. So, well, then I'm you're almost, taking him out. <laughs> I'm almost thinking of this as more of a- um, what, uh, what was Bulletstorm, mm-hmm. but melee based in that I'm, I'm kind of picturing you getting different level, like points and, or different, like essentially if you, if you're doing stuff in front of people, then you're going to get more recommendation points. Like you, mm-hmm. you're essentially adver- advertising your business through beating people okay. up. Um, on one so condition, could- on one condition, there is DLC and you are yeah. at PAX. Yeah, there can be a PAX <laughs> level. That's like- be- Because well- I-, I would love for, y- for you to come, you know, highly recommended and then you can't do any of that stuff at at PAX. So, it's like- a- <laughs> Until you do, until there's a need for it. And then you're going to get a ton of recommendations because you just beat the shit out of someone in front of like 50,000 people. Who was, you know, really not, um, really doing the wrong thing in the diversity lounge. Um, yeah. You know, being a total prick. <laughs> cool. So, um, what are the sort of, uh, other skills this guy can do? Well, so I'm thinking there's a bit of a balance. I think it is around like 
essentially how many people are watching you at any point. Mm. And so if you if you get hit while people are watching you, then that's a that those are like negative Ooh, points. I can kind of see it almost like the um the PP from from Dead Rising. Mm-hmm. You know, that you, yes. that you got like the the points for taking the photos and all that sort of stuff, but you also got it for like skill skill shots and all that sort of stuff within killing all the zombies. I'm picturing that you get reputation points or RP. Um, but it's one of those sliding scales of it can go up, but it can also come down depending on yeah. how you're going. Yeah. So I think the the goal really is around impressing the people around you in some way, because the more people that you impress, the more recommendations you're going to get and you're going to get, you know, you're going to be paid more. You're going to get uh, more job offers and be more in demand. N- now, I think there is something around, obviously, if you accidentally attack someone who wasn't doing anything wrong or shouldn't have been enforced in some way, or if you get the shit beaten out of you in front of all these people, like, then, yeah, that starts bringing in negative stuff. Okay. I like the idea of kind of, like, the levels that you go through are, like, sponsorship levels. So, Ooh, you can okay. you can get your reputation up there and you start getting sponsor- sponsorships from companies and all this sort of stuff. But if just because you've been able to gain levels doesn't mean that you can't drop back down through those levels and start losing some of those perks that you actually yeah. got. Yeah. Well, maybe this is in, like, the enforcer sort of um, professional society or whatever you call it. What would, um, But the professional organization for, for enforcers. Uh, where, yes, like, if you have reached a certain point based on recommendations, then you, yeah, you get, you get perks. And that can play out in literal gameplay changes or, like, you might start a level with something extra or, you know, you might unlock new moves, that sort of thing. Because, yeah, I'm thinking it's, it's, it's basically a kind of level based situation where, but you, where you, you are in a crowded place, like it might be that you're in a shopping mall. It might be that you're out in a park. It might be that you are at a, at a bar, you know, doing bouncer work or whatever. And you, you can, you're only, you're only attacking the people who are causing problems, essentially. But. It's very easy to have collateral damage in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And you, so I think there's, I think the moves then are a lot around moving the opponents in ways like throwing them or shoving them. You've got, uh, I'm picturing a lot of environmental attacks, kind of a bit of, what was that? Uh, was it Def, Def Jam New York or something? Oh, That's- yes, yes. There's just a lot of sort of environmental attacks and different things in that. Mm-hmm. You're shoving people around. Um, you kind of got some of the dead rising things of you can pick up anything and attack someone with it. Like yes. you can pick you can pick up a, a massive chair and, you know, run someone through with it. You can pick up an A-frame and, you know, close them in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that will- then, then the different types of levels obviously will give just a lot of variety there around the props and the different things that you've got- uh, to utilize it's it, there's almost just a uh, weird like uh, prof- professional wrestling style thing to it as well where 
Just in, in the sort of view that you've got and the fact that, yeah, you've just got all these props and you can, like, climb up on the bar and jump down and smash them from the from the top and that sort of thing. Like, that sort of variety of moves really utilising the environment. Yeah. Um, um, I kind of like the idea yeah, of maybe getting careful. an air juggle in there every now and again that you can, you know, sort of uppercut them and, you know, come through with a massive haymaker and just, you know, oh, totally, launch, yeah. them into, launch them across the bar and into... Yeah. But, you know, don't hit an innocent bystander with their, you know, flailing body because... But also, you're going to lose some rep points. You can break any of the bottles except for, um, you know, Smirnoff vodka because they're your sponsor sort of thing. So, (laughs) if you manage to break everything but the Smirnoff, like, that's going to look good because they're your your international sponsor. I do like the idea then of almost having these kind of little Easter eggy challenges per level where yes you do have specific challenges of yeah break all the bottles except the spurn off um you know kick a dog or i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm just thinking of what oh, the different environments and what sorts of things might come up um hit a home like you're you're at a baseball game you're enforcing a baseball game and it's like hit a home run with the 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 dad who's who's going off with his you know hit a home run with his head or something I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean like uh, you could have lots of little fun little fun things like that. I'm I'm been trying to rack my brain as to what this organization or or this you know sort of network is would be called of these enforcers. Uh, <clears throat> bullies are us. <laughs> I mean, I kept, my head just kept on saying, well, the acronym is obviously PENIS, but um, I just need to know uh, Professional Enforcers Network and then IS is just like, it's not coming to me. Like, uh, yeah, Professional Enforcers Network um, Information Systems. <laughs> uh, we'll, come, we'll come back to it. One of us In will speak that. In Sydney. <laughs> they moved packs to Sydney for the DLC. Uh or, or maybe you've just gone on a on a, you know International Interstates Interstate Interstate, interstate, uh, interstate job. Yeah. Alright. I think we'll leave that one there. My three words. I have cage elite unopened. Ooh. This this made me think of like a a Pokemon style collection like collection game of some sort. Okay, yep. Um, what are you collecting though? Because it's or, obviously or, not pocket monsters, a, is it? Or a loot boxy sort of thing? Because I'm just thinking, well, it's something that would be kept in a cage, and and elite is coming from sort of you know that's one of the rarities, right? Like. Oh, I've got an elite cage that I haven't opened yet because I've earned it in some manner. Can um, we bring in the elite beat agents? <laughs> that's uh That's an that's old a pull, pull from <laughs> from a while back in our kind of gaming history. At least I didn't say Ostecker to a Wendon. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have remembered that. Okay, only because we're trying to- we're being improvisers and I'm going to yes and you on this. So, is this some sort of rhythm, touch rhythm based game with collections? Yeah, like you, with you, collectible you're collecting, creatures? 
maybe the elite beat agents have actually been captured throughout the world and you're going through and like bringing them back into your team you you're basically you're the one remaining elite beat agent and you've got to try and uh, rescue everyone from cages okay from cages and that's where the cages come in all right is this is this like elite beat agents go is this a AR, it's like like Pokemon Go. <laughs> yes. You're having to actually move around your environment to find oh, these love cages, that. and and you know when you when you come across, well, I'm imagining that you as you're walking around, you come across a trail, and you've got to do like little um little uh like like rhythm ryth- rhythm, rhythm games rhythm segments yeah. to beat like some of the smaller agents like agents of evil um on Mm -hmm. the way on the way to saving this person so it's sort of like you beat down some of the some of the lower level thugs and then it sort of leads up to a big boss sort of guy and when you say when you beat him then you get the elite beat agent sort of thing so it's it's almost like the the pokemon battles that you have Mm -hmm. that you know you can you can find maybe some people to help you along the way like Oh, here we found a scientist who used to work in the work in the group. And oh, yeah, I think you really need to expand out, and we can even add some narrative stuff in there potentially. Of they're not; it's not just all the agents you're saving because we obviously, you know, we want people to be playing this for quite a while. Oh, yeah, and so there needs to be at least like a hundred different eight like different people you need to save or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that you unlock new songs. As you save them as well, right? Because so f- for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, Elite Beat Agents was like a Nintendo DS game, mm-hmm. uh, and it was the US version of a Japanese yes. game that yes um, had like little comic book sort of um, story in the background, and then yeah, it, it was a rhythm game essentially where with the stylus you had to. Uh, tap little dots on the screen or slide across, like move through, mo- move motions across the screen to follow these dots in time with the beat. Uh, it was really a very satisfying game to play when you get it right. And yes, with the stories kind of going on in the background, there were always these funny little comic book stories uh, that um, that were amusing to watch and, and add that in as well. So I definitely like the idea that, yeah, every, every one of these battles that you find, you're- well, you may be earning points to unlock a- Because I'm just thinking of, like, while po- something like Pokemon Go, yes, there's however many hundred Pokemon that you can unlock in the game, but you're getting multiples of them and stuff. So, we may want to do something around that. You, you get, you know, you, you've you've unlocked three out of ten of, you know, this particular person um, before you actually get like their song and their little comic book and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of as you're going around, you're finding clues to where they, they where they maybe be around yeah, your and area, it, and it's sort of and like each of those is like a shorter song or a shorter little thing that you yeah. have to. You have and to when beat. you finally when you finally find all the clues, that's basically all the parts of the song that you've actually been sort of playing. Gotcha. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. You play the song against the um against the bad guy and unlocking unlocking your character. Yeah. I like the idea yeah, of cool. it sort of tells you where in your neighborhood that you can go. Yeah, I think you get you know, you, you can have it be this really sort of fun, campy kind of um spy tech thing yeah. of you you're getting like pings on your local map 
of of the, the direction to go. Uh, and, and you get those little radar dots showing up, which are, you know, searching, which are the clues essentially. Yeah. I don't know if you need to go full on AR and have like, you know, pointing your camera at shit or not. Um, I kind of like the idea of going into, and this is going to be a massive callback, onlinespyschool.com, <laughs> which I can tell you now that link you just looked it no up. longer goes to, goes to the right. Oh, does it Please. not? No. Nah. It says captivate, oh. site not found. <laughs> oh, I need to fix that. We own that URL. Episode 23. Episode 23. OnlineSpySchool.com. <laughs> I love it. I, I think that was one of the best things that we ever... <laughs> the fact that we actually bought that URL. <laughs> Uh, I th- I think bringing that back in because they're spies, they're you know elite beta agents, so they all went to onlinespyschool.com, dot com, and that's what all the clues are leading you down to that someone's actually broken into and, well, I and corrupted like onlinespyschool dot com. I kind of like that as the like interface on your app. In a way, it's like it's it it looks like you're going to onlinespyschool.com. dot com. And that's where you've got, like, your little radar and stuff, um, and you're kind of solving things through that, and it's, like, little message boards or stuff, all the, all the people yep. trying to find the missing spies. Now, because we don't want everyone to have to go to one particular place, effectively, the clues are sort of separated out in the fact that you can go off, off to this sort of landmark, and you go to this landmark, and- Oh, yeah. I think- Well, I don't even know if they're literal clues to the location in that- uh, like like how those those AR or those location based games work, you just need to pull down map data and associate, you know, with with local land public landmarks and things. Yeah, but the, the um, worst thing that you could do is what happened in a couple of um, things early on in Pokemon Go, where people ended up being sent to crack dens in, and they happened to be near landmarks. Like it just wasn't it wasn't a very good thing yes. for the game. So let's try to stop that by having it. That all the clues are sort of separated out into, into, you know, it doesn't really matter which landmark you're going to. You can actually continue playing this game, you know, even if you can't move too far. Yeah, look, there, there are definitely challenges around that. And, you know, as someone who lives a very sedentary lifestyle, I never played those games because fuck following clues down, you know, down the shops uh, just so I can get something new in my game. Uh so, I don't know, maybe, maybe we add an option for people who want to sit on their couch <laughs> and just virtually move around. Um, but no, I like that. I like oh, that. yeah, that's, you, that's... you've got basically, you've got the go version and then you've got the nah. Stay. The nah. Stay. <laughs> Elite Beat Agents, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Elite Beat Agents, go. Elite Beat Agents, hey, yeah, nah. No, you, if you're doing it that way, you have to have elite beat agents, yeah, nah, and elite beat agents, nah, nah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very obvious to everyone listening what that means. All right, Trev, give me three words. What are we doing next? Staged prawn brew. Staged prawn brew? Yeah. I'm trying to think of why you would stage a drink, a brew. Well, I'm thinking that this is a nautical themed sort of thing. You know, this is the prawn brew and it's kind of okay. like I see staged, but I'm also thinking of 
kind of like a Wild West stagecoach sort of robbery. So maybe a nautical-themed western. I kind of like the idea of like a western. Isn't that just pirates? Yeah, but I kind of... (laughs) Kind of like when we saw Firefly and they were space cowboys. Mm-hmm. I want these as water cowboys. Sea cowboys. Sea cowboys. Kind of like... Manatee boys. <laughs> I, I, I'm almost seeing this as like a water world-esque world where, you know, the town is is like a floating, floating sort of... Um, set of rafts set together yep. and all this sort of stuff. You're sort of going around. You can, you know, maybe ro- rob um, banks and all this sort of stuff, do stagecoach robberies. But, but it's, it's all on the water. It's all on the water. <laughs> can it be... Can we have modern... Some modern tech then? Because I do like the idea of... The speed Cowboys bike. on jet skis. Oh, yeah. Robbing a speedboat, essentially. Or, like... Or a cruise liner or a... Yeah. You know. Okay. So, everything can be somewhat, (laughs) like, run down a little bit. I don't mind that. Yeah, Um, I'm trying to think of what that aesthetic is because I don't think... You're obviously not going to have cowboy attire on on speedboats and and jet skis, but you want to evoke that same feeling. Well, now I'm just picturing... The cowboy hat and the neoprene really go well together. <laughs> There's just something about like wetsuit material and a wetsuit material cowboy hat. A me- okay, a wetsuit material cowboy hat is good. I I will give you that. Neoprene cowboy hat. <laughs> That's the episode title right there, I think. Um <laughs> Are you doing any actual cattle rustling? Like, are you you're, rounding you, up you, dolphins? You're doing the uh, cattle of the sea, which is obviously walruses. You know, you're you're or, or like manatees, right? Yeah. So, isn't that actually a sea cow? Uh, probably. So, yeah, manatees. That that works perfectly. Sea cow, extinct mammal. Oh, no, I think that's oh dugong. Dugong. Dugong is known as the sea cow. Is that different to the manatee? I don't know. Manatees are also known as sea cows. Okay, anyway. Uh, However, despite the name, they are more closely related to elephants. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, no, I like that. I I like having some actual just, like, ranch work to do, right? Ooh, I'm kind of seeing this as Red Dead Redemption, but it's really Wet Dead Redemption. Red Red Sea Redemption. (laughs) Wet, yeah, I do like Wet Dead Redemption too. That's pretty yep. good. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something about you know doing little missions where you know you dive down and you and you sort of you're all sort of you and your crew are all sort of you know swimming un- underneath and come up under the bank <laughs> with the hat on. <laughs> You come up under the bank and you and you know you got a hole in the bottom of the raft and break in and steal everything. And then you got like a shootout and harpoon guns and oh, I, I mean, it's just endless. Um, the story yeah. can actually just be that you know the all the ice caps melted. Oh yeah, we don't need to go into. We don't really need to in, just you know figure out why the the world is flooded. It's a flooded world. That's fine. So it means that you're going to occasionally get like little mountains, but it's like 
there's not enough room on there for for people to to live basically or they're just they're just very strongly contested right like yeah. that's you get a lot of shootouts a lot of territory uh you know um battles battles over that territory happening uh and you could set it around that like i i i, I love the idea if you've got your your classic you know red dead style map but it's like almost all blue. It's just almost <laughs> all water. And then you do have like, you've got your territories, you know, dotted lines around yep. like this is the, you know, manatee wranglers uh, territory. And over here are the dolphin boys. And, you know, down here you have the mermaids. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So picture this. It opens up. You know, it just said Wet Dead Redemption or whatever. Um, and it opens up on a saloon. And you're sitting down and you- A saloon. You, uh, you ask for a a brew and, you know, you put your hand out and in comes a brew with a prawn on top. Yep. And it's you got the like- prawn tail sticking out. Yep. Yep. You, you've downed it and it's like, that'll be, you know, $3 and you flick, flick him some flip money. Flip him some sea dollars. You turn around, sand, he walks out, out of the, out of the, you know, the, the swinging the doors, doors and there's just blue. It like, just opens. That's just this vista of ocean. Yeah. It's a vista of ocean. And basically this is a floating saloon. And that's just, when you get that. That's when, that's when the title comes up. Yeah. So that, um, that's your pre-title sequence. Yeah. I mean, at least we're not doing a, an, an Ubisoft where you play for, you know, three hours of the game and then the titles come up. Oh, come on, I love when they do that. Then it's like, oh, man, the game's only just started. <laughs> anyway, if it's a good game. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> there was one if game you're like, I, oh, my I don't remember yuck. what it was, but it was like, oh, the titles are only just coming up now. Ooh. <laughs> I thought it was nearly done. No, nope. All right, Finish I, I think we need, <laughs> we need to explore this further. Yeah. Because I love this idea. Uh, despite the fact that we literally did a flooded world two episodes ago, but that, that was very different. Very different. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So you stand up from the bar, slap on your knee, green cowboy hats. Jesus Christ, I can't get past that. Yep. So, uh, okay, you go out there and you see your, um, you say, you know, I, I've I've got to go ride old Bessie, and you go out there and it's like this old jet ski just sort of. <laughs> with Bessie written on the side. And it's like, you jump yeah. on your jet ski and that's your, that's sort of where it opens up. That's where it opens up. And now you're driving around and you get like a, I don't know, a call on your radio from, from one of your partners. Yep. Your partners, uh, you know, saying, Hey, get over to, I don't know. How would they, how would they navigate in this world? What would they know? Are they, get I guess they probably <laughs> There'd be anchored settlements and stuff. Yeah. Get yeah. over to Harbour Town and you go over and it's in a harbour. But like, you know, it's, it's you like the smallest the, the amount of- The tops of buildings. Ooh. You see the tops of all the skyscrapers that were like on the water's edge. Um, but you but you can't enter them because they're all completely destroyed. Oh, they're all- Yeah, they're all destroyed and, and, and uh, you know, filled with water. They're not- they're not uh, explorable in this one. No, no. This is set uh, a couple of millennia after our previous game. <laughs> I'd only just remembered it when you said about the buildings and I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> um, okay. So, they've gone back in time. 
why why can they all still ride jet skis and all this sort of stuff? Where how how are they still getting fuel? Has someone actually? Did you say they've gone back in time? Oh, I don't know what I said. I'm just I'm high on flu medication right now. Um, <laughs> so this is like far a, in the future or whatever. Um, yeah. Obviously, back a long time ago, there was fuel. But how are they how are they fueling their jet skis now? Is there like some awesome technology that someone's come up with where you don't actually need fuel anymore? These are all fossil fuels, yeah, elec- uh, electric jet skis and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, I think just to well, I mean, I guess it depends because you could bring in some Mad Max style like that. That fuel is a resource in this okay. world, whether no. it's fossil fuels or something else batteries or you know different things it, it could or- it could even be something simple like a um oh kind of like in back to the future where they had you know the the thing that you could take the old food scraps and like mr yeah, compost yeah, yeah. or whatever mr 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 it wasn't mr compost though was it mr something anyway one of those nights yeah well i was thinking you could you could explain it away with just like that somehow they've solved it where the jet skis all have built in like electrolysis. It was Mr. Fusion. Um, Mr. Fusion, right. That uh, they all have built in like, um, is it electrolysis when you separate hydrogen, the hydrogen and oxygen from water? Um, and then they're all just like hydrogen powered. But somehow that, that somehow they managed cool. to, to just have these little. Yeah, yeah, electrolysis. That's right. Yeah. So, where do you start? Uh, we already know that you're starting the saloon. Are you a good, you know, a reasonably good guy at the start, and then you get sort of dragged into the? Well, it's yeah. Do how how many of the kind of cowboy tropes that that Red Dead leans into do we also lean into? Like, are you someone who's on the run, but you're actually a good guy, and you've you know you've just done something to save your family, but now you're you know, on the wrong side of the law. Or are you a sheriff um, who who's literally um, will do anything to to sort of get the bad guys? And I like the idea that you start off as the deputy sheriff of one of these settlements. Because then there's somewhere to move up to. Uh, you can you can so the prologue you're, you're all about the dep- you're being a deputy yeah and then I think it leads up to the sheriff being killed yes so we we create you know a, a relationship there uh, the Set sheriff the platform your, the sheriff has been your mentor um, this whole time uh, let's let's uh, let's make it a woman the sheriff is a woman she's been your mentor this whole time and at risk of <sighs> Fridging her. I'm trying to be, you know, inclusive. <laughs> inclusive. But you do realise that the the we need um, to deputy could easily be female, and then as well, of course, yes. I think you. I think you. We we do some character choice, uh, Mass Effect style at the very least. Um, no, stuff it. It's just like all the Rockstar games. They they always choose males, so therefore that's true. In this case, yes, we're, we're choosing females. Yep, they're both of Um So yes, your your. The sheriff who has been your mentor this whole time and, and you- So, yeah, I think you start off with a couple of those missions. So, you come out of the saloon and she calls you on your radio and she's like, Deputy, get over to Harbour Town because, you know, there's something going down. We need you here. And that leads into a shootout. 
I don't think she gets killed there. I think no. maybe she gets wounded or something. Yeah, by a harpoon gun. Yeah, she gets harpooned through, like, the shoulder. Yep. Um, and so you have to, you know, put her on the back of your jet ski, take her to, you know, the medical area, like some, some medical place. Yep. Um, Love it. Then you can explore that relationship with her a bit more. Uh, but then, yes, I think she does. She does get killed fairly early on. Early on, and you know, or part does of she? The, is part of is the it one of these story- things of, you know, it looks like she's died, but in reality, oh yeah, you know, there's some. She actually, she was actually a dirty, dirty sheriff, maybe. Or she Just faked her death. Really- she faked her death to um to get away because there was actually some really bad people after her. Mm, there's oh. like the mo- like the organized crime C-mob. of yep. this area, the sea mob, <laughs> <laughs> the mafia. <laughs> oh god, that was great. Uh, uh, yeah, I like that actually. That that's kind of cool. Um, but I think maybe. As part of your like your investigation, as the story goes on, you start to suspect that she was actually on the take from them. Mm. So you do have that nice dramatic turn of oh my, like she's my mentor for so long. I mourned her death, but now I'm finding out she was actually crooked. But then she comes back at the end, essentially, and is like, no, I wasn't crooked. I was clearing I, my name. I've been, I was, yeah, I was clearing my name. I faked my death so that they wouldn't come after me, and now, and now I've finally found a way to bring them down with your help. You know, essentially, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. <laughs> so, is there? Do you think we have a lot of like underwater stuff? I think there's scripted underwater stuff, but for the most part, you, you're you not really going underwater because you don't have the equipment to go underwater. Yeah, so we'd need some, like, surface-level water stuff where, like, you get knocked off your jet ski and you have to, like, swim back onto it or- Yeah. Um, but yes, you, you're not doing any, you're not doing much, like, deep-sea diving or anything. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether you, whether you go for the, um, uh, Wind Waker-style stamina in the fact that you can't swim everywhere, so therefore you have to be on, on the boat. Once mm-hmm. you get knocked in into the water, then you can only be swimming for a certain amount of time. Otherwise, you start to lose lose strength and you do can you let them, be pulled Do under. you let them, like, tread water to get their stamina back up? Or is it yeah, but it can, like- it, can never go to, it can never go to full. But, you know, it sort of- It goes to a certain level, but it'll sort of- Yeah, it'll waver. There's a certain distance that you could- only ever go so you couldn't just swim from even if you had all the hours of in the world like each time that you're you're getting your stamina back you're only going to you know a percentage of what you had before because i'm just thinking that's a good mechanic around like if you're getting shot at but you're running out of stamina it's like oh you need to find some cover to, to essentially restore some of your stamina to to make sure you can get back to somewhere where you can yeah and i think i think you can maybe dive down for you know maybe 30 seconds max so that you can sort of yeah. dive down and, you know, get underneath, you know- Yeah, yeah. I think, underneath that, the I think that makes or something sense. Like that. But again, you don't, you don't want to, like, make a, a misjudgment and run out of stamina while you're under a raft because, you know, you literally can't go up for oxygen. Well, you may um, be able to. It depends on, you know, how the raft is actually situated. Like, there could actually be well, yeah, a but bit I of mean, air I guess- under there. Yeah, but I guess I guess making you know you don't want to make the misjudgment of going under a section where there's no possibility for for coming up for air. Yeah, so I think when when you actually 
you know, you run out of stamina in there. You just sort of appear back on on land, kind of. You know, someone's oh, dragged you, don't you think out that's of water. A death? I don't think it's oh, a permanent okay. death. I think it's kind of like a rock star death. Of you know, you get you get back up. You lose some of your cash. You know, you've you been have to healed start up. At- that. Yeah, you have to start that mission over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's fair. Because um, I don't, I don't know what this is a permanent death sort of thing. No, no. I guess I was more just thinking you you get a game over screen and have to load a checkpoint or whatever. But um, no, it can it can be a bit more forgiving yeah. um, than that uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, look at this. There's a lot to be said for some of Rockstar's, uh, you know, mechanics in an open world setting in that way. Yeah. Um, for sure. That is fucking cool. I really like that idea. And I totally, I wish I had the like animation, the 3D animation chops to build that opening scene. Cause I just love Playing with the tropes, the shots from westerns, seeing the close-up of the fucking brew with the prawn tail sticking yeah. out, of and then, the then you, sliding down the bar. You, you hit, you're hearing, you know, card cards sort of happening behind you, and you know, people sort of talking in that sort of western western way, and it it yeah. looks very old western until you. But then slowly panning out, and you start to notice that everyone's in wetsuits, and then the saloon doors open. <laughs> There's like the bright, you know, as your eyes adjust, and you certainly you see, yeah, it's just pure flat sea. And then and then you hear that thump, 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 thump. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's walking in in flippers. flippers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. I shall give you some words. Building tightrope collaboration. Ooh. So I'm almost seeing some sort of multiplayer arcadey sort of maybe like a couch co-op sort of thing but it's around ropes between buildings yeah i'm kind of seeing this as um i know you say catch co-op but i see this almost like a a you know massive multiplayer game that you've got teams of two trying to help each other get across to into like a certain part in the city and everyone starts at different locations around so maybe a bit more of like a, a battle royale-ish sort of Yeah, feel. but with, without too much of the fighting as such. Yeah. There's like a little bit of melee fighting, um, but-, the, but Well, okay. I, I like that because I love the idea of maybe like throwing things at people as they're crossing tightrope Exactly. To make it more difficult for them. Um, but also, you know, if you take the time out to do that, you're slowing down yourself and not moving forward. Who would have thought all those water cannons on all those buildings would be so useful in this- in this world where people are trying to get to the center. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, let's explore that a little bit further. So what are your tools? Like, how, are you kind of firing out these tight ropes from point to point? Yeah. Um, and then you need someone, um, on one side to, to basically like calibrate the rope. Cause I think, okay. I think there's tension on both sides that, Basically. Well, is it or is it a, or is it around having some level of protection where if you both head across this rope, then someone can very easily come and just like detach one end of it. Yeah, 
Of course, the and other maybe- end, like, you're kind of in, in a bit of trouble, but that's... Well, you got to get yeah, it but look, quickly. But again, generally, that's that's also about okay. Where am I going to aim? Are there people over there? Like you can't. It's risky to head towards other people because they could pull out the rope on the other end. But there needs to be some work involved. There needs to be you know maybe a little mini game they have to do to pull it out. Different, you know, it's not altogether easy. And and while that's happening, like one of the other opponents could shove them off a shove them off the building. So I, I'm thinking maybe this is. It's not just tight ropes in that, like a tight rope you kind of think of as would need to be on the level. Yep. So if you are firing, you can fire straight out and get a tight rope essentially, but you can also maybe do like zip, zip lines, yep. sort of stuff. And also like zip lines up where you've got some sort of like winch Ooh, sort yeah. of thing, but it's obviously it's obviously slower. Maybe we, you can you're having together to do with like your the partner. AD, AD, AD sort of like pedaling sort of thing, getting that- yeah. Yes. That thing happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so that could be risky because obviously the longer you're on a rope, the more chance there is that someone's going to throw something at you. Someone's going to attempt to, and do, of course, to disconnect your rope. If you zip line down, you're just going to have to you're just going to have to get up later on because yeah, you that's know. it. So you're, you're what goes down has to come way. back up. <laughs> so you're you're definitely just on these huge skyscrapers. You can't see the f- the ground. It just like goes off into fog below you. Uh, but they are of varying heights and varying sizes and varying shapes. And so you're trying to pick your way through to the center mm-hmm. goal um, by yeah making these choices of like, oh, I could go down there because it's like a-, a closer run just as the crow flies. But it means I'm going to have to do a really big climb uh, on that building over there. Uh, and you know, I think I think you do things like if you're on a zip line going up and someone detaches your your starting point, you've still got the top point and it like swings and now it's against the building, but now you're like going vertical. Or you can um, get up just a little bit and enter the building and then climb up. Oh yeah, maybe. Okay. Because I was thinking, I was if thinking you're walking mostly- across and you're sort of, you know, tight roping across, and then someone detaches, you can reach down, grab, and sort of Tarzan yourself into the building, and then climb up a little bit to. <laughs> yeah, I do like the idea of smashing through windows. I just wouldn't want to make it too easy to like or too quick to get up on the interior of a building. Um, I wonder if. I wonder if you can smash into buildings, but you have to, like, find a fire escape. So, you still, like, there are areas where you can more quickly ascend on the outside of a building via a series of fire escapes. But, like, they might not go all the way to the top or, yeah, like, you've you've got a limited thing there. And so, you might get to the top of that little bit of fire escape and it's like, okay, now what are my choices? I could continue vertically by firing a rope up. I do also kind of like the idea of- You've now separated, you may have now separated your team of two. So, you've basically got now two on one on the guy on the roof. So, having a nice, easy way for people to get up, like the central fire escape, up onto the roof, probably isn't a bad thing in the fact that you're giving them enough time to sort of get up there, but you're also giving yourself enough time to take out that. I guess if you make it that you that it's not easy to get into a building because you wouldn't want to have them be able to just do a straight tightrope across to a building that's fairly high and then get inside and climb up the building 
as opposed to having to like do the more risky ascending zip line. Oh yeah. And I think what you've actually got is on the top of each building you basically got your grapple points. Yeah, so you, and you so, essentially can't grapple to mid building. Yeah, you you're grappling to these grapple points and they're on each on every single building. Like that's how like the tethers actually work. They actually attach to these things. When mm-hmm. someone lets it go, you're now okay, one of us now has to deal with getting getting up while the other one's also you know, dealing with potentially danger. Yeah. Yeah, I I hadn't thought about them getting separated. I do like that. So, I think you obviously need each person to have their own- Skill. Grapple gun, essentially. Yeah. Well, but to have their own grapple gun so that they can- If you do get separated, you can- Either of you can kind of get back to the other. And, I mean, if you wanted, you could go go it alone if you want to risk that or split up. But it means, I think that- you, you probably can't go as fast on some of these things. Like, I think particularly, like, the ascending zip line, you'll go faster if there's two of you because you're, like, if you're getting the rhythm right or something, you can you can essentially do that faster. Yeah. But there could be a benefit to splitting up uh, if you can if you want to, like, flank someone or if you want- If you're like, okay, hey, I'm going over here, but go, like, just quickly zip line down there and, and push that guy off the building or whatever. Um, I'm almost picturing a sort of- I don't know if you want to go this far, but almost like a gang beasts situation of grappling and throwing. Yep. Uh, so that if you uh, if you do happen to end up on the same rooftop as as other players, that there's a that bit physical of- sort of lifting up and throwing off and yeah. grabbing onto the side of the building and exactly grabbing it's not them. Easy, and- it's not easy to to grab them off if they're trying hard not to fall, and they might just. Do you, do you think there's we- something about that that physics of you know trying to get those physical gang beast style people to go across tight ropes and stuff to like balance that balance like- on a tight rope certainly uh, and again particularly if they get things thrown at them that you have that as a physical uh, reaction to that yeah that that's fun uh, do you think we let the players detach like you know if they fire a zip a set at a zip line up. Uh, at an angle, can they just swing? Or is that too... I, I guess you'd have to just make it Someone has skill. to be. Someone has to be on an end to detach it. Yeah, well, that was almost so my... Yeah. Your person who fires it across, they can maybe detach it, but then... Like they're still good. At, they're still on the other side. Like, yeah, true. That's that's a good point. I like that because then you could have techniques of, all right, all right. One of us is going to get on there. I'm going to detach it so you can swing, smash the building, and quickly get to the top. But then we need to figure out a way how I'm getting across. How I'm <laughs> going to get up. Yeah, I like that because then then you've got a risk and reward kind um, of balance there. And I don't think you've got unlimited grapple guns. I think you can maybe find them in the buildings. But you, you sort of start off with one and each. But then how? Oh, I see. Because you have to then- You have to- Retrieve Retrieve them? it. And you okay. can hit a button on the end of each one and, you know, it'll detach from the other side and sort of- Yeah. And yeah. you can pick but it up just, again. You can't, but- you can't do it mid- No. Mid, uh, mid rope. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I uh I really like that. I that's something I feel like I want to build. Yeah. Which is always a, a good achievement when we come up with one of these games and get inspired to actually make it. Mhm. 
Um, sweet. Hey, Trev, what three words? Tapestries, sidle, hamsters. Sidle, like S-I-D-L-E, like to sidle up to someone? Yep. Okay, that's an, that's, that's an evocative kind of word. It is, especially with hamsters, because I'm just imagining, you know, yeah. a hamster sort of sidling up to someone. <laughs> but multiple, because it's hamsters. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we we need to go into the world of hamsters here in some way. Tapestries really evokes, like, maybe an ancient prophecy sort of thing. Like, it's a... Yeah, I mean, I was just sort of thinking, I was going into... You know, some sort of big, big castle or ballroom or something with big tapestries, but definitely that could be a prophecy. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of this. You, you reading through this, seeing this tapestry with all these, all these beautiful coloured pictures, and down the bottom is this little hamster bowl with a hamster inside, just running like crazy, and it's like they somehow knew many years ago. <laughs> I. <laughs> Now I want, I want okay, this wait, to be, hang on, hang you're on, playing hang the hamster, <laughs> in the hamster ball. Well, I think it's a world of hamsters. Uh-huh. I think there's a world of hamsters, but they don't have hamster balls. Like this is, this is the past. Like hamster balls is a technology that hasn't been invented yet. Or it has but, been yes, invented, but it's been but forgotten. There is, an, there is an image of a hamster in some sort of spherical contraption as part of this prophetical mm-hmm tapestry uh and yes you obviously then do play the subject of this prophecy Mm -hmm. and so the latter you know or at least least after i don't know the first act of the game you get your hamster ball and that plays a big part of your your gameplay so where do you get the hamster ball from i'm i'm thinking there's like a leonardo da vinci style uh hamster hamster uh, Leonardo the guinea pig or something. I don't know. I don't um, know whether they're actually related there, dude. <laughs> they're just similar. They're not the same thing, but it could be a guinea pig. You could have hamsters and guinea pigs in the same space. Um, I was just going for the pun. They're, they're rodents, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it's that you find someone, uh, whether, whether it's that it was, you know, you find the the workshop of of this inventor uh, from from a hundred years ago, yeah, uh, or a thousand years ago, or whatever it is. And it turns out that it's your great 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 uncle. Yeah, yeah, you have some sort of relation there. But yes, you you take you take control of this this hamster ball, which lets you just get around very fast and do Tony Hawk style. You know, half pipe and and ramp tricks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm just I'm just picturing the the um, hamster ball from fucking Overwatch too, right? Like some of the the moves that mm-hmm. they've got. Um, uh, I'm picturing- so in in the vein of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, um, you've got the letters H A M S T E R. Um, around that you got to like collect in order. Um, you've got the secret. I think we did a whole. I know we did. It's episode. just hilarious that that you brought it back <laughs> up. So I'm gonna. Run I was with more it. just thinking of the. I was more just thinking of the type of traversal. Oh, I don't okay. think we need to go full Tony Hawk okay. because I like this more as a 
It is like a, a an action adventure. Okay, so it's more like Skate. <laughs> skate wasn't a... It wasn't story-based. <laughs> a little bit. The first one was, anyway. Really? Anyway. Uh, no, I'm, I think this is... Uh, you know, I think... Uh, I like the idea that this hamster ball is built in such a way that you can collapse it. Um, yeah, so I, it's I, think, like, I think it's like... Um, like what are those? Metroid, where, you know, you can turn into the ball or, or you can, like, go back into... Yeah, but I like it. What are, what are those contraptions of that... that the... Um, the scaffolding, the ball that's sort of a scaffolding thing where you can, like, pull it out and it becomes circular. You push it in, it kind of becomes that star shape. Yeah, I don't remember what anyway, that is. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? And someone does. Someone listening does. Uh, I'm feeling it's got that sort of vibe to it where it's like, oh, pull out the pull out the ball and it's sort of the scaffolding kind of expands around you and you're then, like, suspended in the middle of it in a gyroscopic kind of thing. And it's like bounding over the over the uh, the terrain, but at any point you can just sort of collapse that back in. It's like a backpack or something, you yeah. know. So that it is very much this mix between basically rolling- it can protect you a little bit more because you know it's got some sort of armor on the outside, whereas yeah. you're rather squishy. So therefore, you know, you are going to. Um, get yeah. hurt a little bit more. And, of course, it definitely makes you move faster and there are going to be areas of the terrain where you need to, like, go up a ramp or different things like that. Yeah, and, and you know, you get some speed up and you can actually launch over a building, whereas, you know, yeah. in your little squishy hamster form, you can go into vents, but that's about it. Like, you can go into vents and, and you know, traverse Well, and I think things. there's maybe, like, combat and stuff too, right? Like- that you're maybe throwing punches because I love the idea of a cute little hamster like throwing punches <laughs> little little tiny hands. I mean, you saying that just brought into brought into the into my mind like a really really bloody game where you know you're disemboweling people and like ripping them apart. Oh god! As your as a cute little hamster. I mean, it could go there. I was I was almost starting to get to this is almost an Indiana Jones sort of feel. Where this hamster is this real kind of swashbuckling, not necessarily an archaeologist, obviously, but just like a brawler in that way, uh, and, and with this technology that they've found or that they're discovering, uh, yeah, that's really cool. That's cool. So, what? Um, how does it end? What's the goal? Even I mean, you found there's this prophecy. And you found this device, and we sort of figured out a lot of the gameplay, but what's the arc there? What's the arc? I'm thinking that maybe this this hamster ball has something to do with time travel. And the reason why you're in this, why you're in this prophecy is because that's actually you. Oh, we bring in the bootstrap paradox where at the end of it, you finally, like- you find the crystal that that was also you know that we, that was part of this prophecy, and when you stick that into the device and go eighty eight miles per hour, you go back in time and actually you invented it and created the prophecy. Except that you, you are your actually- own great 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 uncle. Uncle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you don't have that grandfather paradox, but you, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you just kind of showed up there as the the you know your uncle in name only. 
<laughs> family <laughs> to friend. your actual yeah to your actual great 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 grandparents um yeah, I, I kind of like that idea because then it's like, okay, he was never actually related to me, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I can't actually, you know, do any damage here or whatever. Yeah, I like that. That That's cool. And, and then that can set off the, you know, sequel as well. Which is set back in time, but... Yeah. But now you've got that hamster ball still and you... Yeah. Hey, Ben. Love it. What three yeah. words? All right, I think we've got time for... Yeah, one more. For one final one. <laughs> Relented thrusters pickles. So, I don't know about Relented, but I saw thrusters and pickles, and I definitely thought of some sort of game where you're creating vehicles out of foods from a dinner table. Okay. Or, you know, because I love the idea of attaching pickles to something that are th- in your thrusters. <laughs> So, I don't know if this is like a food-based kind of, uh, what was that, um, Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts sort of thing where you've got a lot of vehicle creation as part of mm-hmm. your gameplay, uh, something like that, but but based around foods. Okay. Yep. I like that. So, really, you, you, you're looking at using like pickle brine as, as like- As your fuel Your fuel or maybe even a lubricant and then you've got- You've got like your 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 high caffeinated soft drinks as as fuel or carbonated soft drinks as fuel, perhaps. You've either got a potato or a lemon, depending on which way you want to go, as your battery that you can. Oh, I thought you were going to say is like, like when you say you got a lemon in a, like a bad car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you but you start off with a lemon. That's your base car. <laughs> Uh, but no, I see where you're going. Yeah, I like a potato battery. That makes sense uh, for sure. Um, and yeah, I think you just then you sort of make it a physics based thing, obviously, where you're you're attaching forces to, to the various points on the car. Um, you can put the wheels in different mm-hmm. places. And, and I think your wheels are like, I don't know, rolls of rolls of cucumber or um, crackers different things that you find. Uh, do we want to set this? I, I feel like a lot of this is- I kind of like the idea of a big pumpkin wheel. Like, there's just something about a pumpkin and how big you can actually get it ha- and how uneven it would actually be. As the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a giant- I don't know. What would that even be? Kind of like a giant monster truck or something uh, with these big pumpkin wheels. But you had to find ones that were about the same size. But you you kind of got one of them wrong, so it was sort of like- but there, so it's And it's a little bit yeah, uneven. It's totally like, lopsided. I'm just- I do love the idea of the physical simulation of that with, like, you've already got the pumpkin, which is kind of lumpy around the side uh, with your little ridges, but then, yeah, they're also not quite the same size, so you're, you're lopsided and you're physically and they're, they're, simulating. they're not necessarily, like, where the axle goes through isn't necessarily the direct centre, so there may be a little bit of, like... In the southern hemisphere of this tyre, there may be a, you know, a 10 centimetre difference. <laughs> yeah, totally. You get some some drift there, basically. Uh, well, not drift in the way of, no. like, drifting around a corner, um, but you know what I mean. So, is this set in, like, a restaurant then, maybe? Because I feel like this is almost like a burger restaurant sort of thing where you'd have a lot of... Just because a lot of the things we talked about go with sort of 
burgers in that way. Um, yes, because pumpkins go really well with burgers. Except, I mean, you could I don't know, you could serve it up as a side or something. Um, that'd be a bit. If weird, I want, if I wanted, you know, bun wheels, then that'd be fine. But I want pumpkin wheels because pumpkins are funnier. Fine, it's send us morgies. Because then we've got everything. And then we also get to bring back Smorgies. <laughs> smorgies oh, cart smorgies. It, it's It's kind of like um, a little bit Wreck-It Ralph in the fact that, you know, there was that Candyland racer or whatever it was in the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where yep. you can build your own, build yes, your own yeah, racer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think you've got a lot of tracks and stuff that are you know launching between tables going through the kitchen across you know the the serving counter as plates are being put down these are some small pumpkins then aren't they (laughs) maybe they're like can you get those like mini squashes or something (laughs) (laughs) i'm just giving you shit dude uh, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, look, you don't have to get all the scale right either anyway if you're just making a food-based racer. Do what you, do whatever you want. Professor Foodskins has, has created created a shrink ray and he wants to, you know, make sure that all this food is shrunken down so that it can so be used can as made into vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, is it just a... Is it... Is it just a racer from that point, do you think? Is it just a kart racer kind of I think it's a kart racer, but I would like to actually have a story behind it. Like, it's the Mm. one thing that is missing from a lot of these races is just racing for racing's sake. Whereas I think to have an actual story going on behind the scenes where, you know, there is actually a story mode as well as like the typical versus modes. But Well, and I think in a a game where you, you are literally putting this much work into your vehicles- then yes, you need some sort of story mode as well. Because it's not just like a choose your cart, choose your racer, race against your friends. It's, oh no, I'm putting some personality into this. I'm putting some some customization into this. So yeah, I think you... I think you still have a versus mode, obviously. Oh yeah. But the main thing is, yes, and, it's and story yes, based there are un- there <laughs> are some pre-made pre-made carts that people can use and, you know, they can choose out of the the multitude of races that they've got. They can even, you know, create a very quick version of themselves by taking a photo and it, like, turns them into, <laughs> like, a me-like character. It, but it's all food. Like, we've, we've got a nice uh, style... Um, what do you call those machine learning like style shifting things where it'll take that photo but it'll just essentially apply food to all the shapes (laughs) you see your eyes will become like olives or crackers or different things depending several but yes you've got the story mode as as you unlock the different levels and the different tracks essentially Mm -hmm. and, and, and sort of have have different characters show up and challenge you as you go through um, kind of like how in Mortal Kombat, you know, you might have you're, you're still just doing general fights in between that are the same sorts of fights that you do otherwise. So in this, you're still just doing races, but you get little in, you get little interstitials in between the races to give you a bit of content. <laughs> okay, and just just to really turn it on its head, just a little bit. There's also a nemesis system in this. <laughs> <laughs> In the fact that I, okay, um, you might have just blown this. You might have just blown this episode out by another ten minutes. But I uh, now that you've said that, the idea of a nemesis system in a kart racing game 
is really fucking cool. Yeah. You beat someone and you beat them so soundly that they they become your rival and, you know, basically they start, you know, attacking you a little bit more. They start and- gunning for you. You've got, yeah. Well, and particularly, it might not just be that you beat them, but if we're going sort of full Mario Kart style where you've got pickups and stuff. And you're attacking. If you if you target someone, you know, and you happen to target them two times in a row, they're like, oh, you're, t- you're picking on me? Well, <laughs> the, 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 you. Then you get the telltale thing of, he will remember this. <laughs> I think you get a full on little like nemesis, like Shadow of Mortal style cutscene where as you then drive past them, they're like giving you the finger and you get a, you get their name come up and, you know, nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. To make it really clear. Or at least in the highlights reel or something. Yeah. Oh, the highlights reel of all the shit that you've done to your rival and this is the reason oh, why yeah. he's now he's now your main rival, but everyone else is taking grudges against you. Like I kinda well, like the I idea think you- of yeah, I think you have different relationships with different people um, that can vary up and down based on what you do to them in the races. Uh, I think you'd make it not as common to get a full nemesis. Like, that comes, wh- like, one, slightly randomly, but also, obviously, two, the more you, uh, you know, you, the more you target one person, the more likely it is they'll they'll become a full-on nemesis to you. Yeah. Uh, but um, I do like that idea of social relationships across this campaign mode of a kart racing game. Yes. Yes. I also kind of like the idea of taking some of the, some of the things from maybe burnout paradise where you could sort of drive around and sort of just start up a race wherever you wanted to, or. Well, that's cool then actually, because then you can bring in some of the nemesis stuff where you've kind of just got these characters going around at different points. And if they happen to be near when you start up a race, then that's who you're going up against. Yeah. But if you've, yeah, if you've created an emesis at some point, they might start hunting you down. Oh, I love the idea that you're, you're driving along, you know, you're in a race with like seven other people and all of a sudden across traffic, like <laughs> your nemesis, yes. your nemesis comes by, T-bones sees who you, you were, sees who you Literally. are. Literally, well, d- doesn't necessarily T bone, but they they maybe. Well, no, because their car's made from a steak. <sighs> yes, but I also like the idea that they they now they enter the race as yes. as all all their thing is they want to take you out. So yeah. yeah, they don't even care about winning; they're just fully gunning for you. Uh yeah, I love that. That that's cool. Um, I feel like this is, I feel like we don't need the food thing now. I feel like this is a new game. <laughs> um, although, you know, we can still keep it food based cause that could just be whimsical and fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this is now, <laughs> this is now essentially an open world racing game where you build your own vehicles out of food items with, uh, you know, uh, essentially characters, uh, who, who live within this world and you can interact with between races and have social dynamics with, mm-hmm. including a full-on... Relationship. Uh, <laughs> y- yeah, you can go the other way. You don't, don't just get nemeses, you get lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and they help uh, you know. throughout races. Like, I can yeah, imagine no, that I- they... they- take out your enemies for you they take out your nemeses for you yeah maybe they're not lovers maybe they're just like besties yeah uh so yes I think, I, yeah yeah if you thumbs saved, up as you, you know, as you're driving by and 
they notice that someone's got- coming after you, so they <laughs> they fire out of blue shells. <laughs> Because they've got their own nemesis, and if you take so if you take out one of theirs, then like there's more chance that they'll be your bestie. <laughs> and so yeah, I like that other side of of the nemesis system uh, of being able to go in in both directions there, and and yeah, having those come to play that just makes races so much more interesting because then it really matters who you're racing with. Yeah. Like in Mario Kart, I don't care if I'm racing against Bowser. fucking Donkey Kong <laughs> or Bowser or Peach. Like, whatever, they're just the other races. Fucking Peach. Uh, and, yes, and yes, they've got a few different stats or whatever, but it doesn't matter. But, yeah, if you've got these persistent characters who you've got relationships with and might help you out or, or specifically target you, that's fucking cool. I would play that then. Yeah. I don't play racing games. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. Especially because you'll have the personality of, like, unlike in Burnout Paradise, like, they're all just cars. And, yeah, they're different types of cars. But it's like, oh- that motherfucker with the Twinkie chassis, like, he's after me. Yeah. Every time I get near to him, all all I see is, like, this cream-filled behemoth coming down, like, <laughs> chasing me down. Yes, exactly. Spurting out cream behind it to, like, sl- make its enemies slip and slide. Oh, yeah, like an oil slick. Yeah. Because literally it's petroleum-based or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, th- that's- there's just something about about having a nemesis system, and it really annoys me that. And we've talked about this before, but the fact that WB they decided patented, we're going to patent yeah. it, and you can't use it anywhere. But it's like, but you don't use it anywhere. Like, use it. Well, and it, if you got to patent it, want, use it. I haven't looked. I haven't looked into the patent. I don't know how strict it is around, and I'm sure it's as open as they could possibly make it, but. It's really just around social dynamics, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't specifically have to be that they get marked as something called a nemesis, but it's more that you are tracking these relationships with these characters and that they do get certain statuses at a certain point. Yeah. So, look, we're going to we're gonna take it back. It's now called the besties system, and it, it's just around social dynamics Bestie. between characters in, yeah. a, in a, some sort of persistic, <laughs> persistent way. Persistent love- friends and frenemies. <laughs> Fren- yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. That's great. We would need to put that in all our games now. Um, love it. All right. I think we'll end the episode there. I really don't want it. This is too much fun. <laughs> you just want to keep... Now we need to retroactively go back and add besties to all our other games. <laughs> Uh, I could see that in Wet Dead Redemption. No, no. It, no? You don't want that in there? No, neoprene cowboy hat is good enough. People sh- people people showing up and in, in the middle of gunfights, harpoon fights and... <laughs> no? Alright. <laughs> uh, no, I think we will end it there as much fun as we are having. Uh, so, look, we'd love it if you would shoot us a review over on Podchaser. Go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We just want to hear what you th- what you thought, what you like. Uh, we'd love that. Do you uh, like the idea so- of a neoprene cowboy? Yeah. What, is that that is that a thing now? Now that you're saying it this many times over, it sounds like a term that I've heard. Nah. Okay. We invented it. We invented That's all right. it. We invented the neoprene cowboy. And his hat. I feel like the, I feel like there must be a similar term. Anyway. We'd also like it if you could... No. 
because I don't do that anymore. Jesus Christ, I would like to thank the wonderful musicians at the band Kuradust for letting us use the wonderful song Man Defines of the Album of Contentment Failure. I forgot it all. I'm not feeling well. Fuck you. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And howdy, partner. Why don't you hop on the back of my jet ski and we'll skedaddle on out of here.